Good morning, Storyside. What a great day to be in God's presence. Uh, I absolutely loved our time of worship today. And as Anna and Patsy led us in communion and praying about God's righteousness, I got so excited when we started singing about I've seen you move, move mountains. And when Chance and Faith came up, Chance and Faith are our kids coordinators here at Storyside. And when Chance started talking about his journey and story, you want me to switch mics, Alyssa? The um, check, check, are we getting a little bit better? I'll hang with you if we are. This is a good opportunity. Sometimes we don't realize all of the work and effort that goes into sound and video and media and all of that. Would you let all of our team know in the back, thank you every week for all they do for this. Thank you. I think they just got it, but hold on. Just stay there. That way everyone can look at you. Um, thank God for everything Alyssa does uh, over here helping me in production. She's switching mics and trying to worship with one hand. And Thank you. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, I Even when I pulled on the property today, I was like, this is a whole service. I've loved every part of it. But pulling on the property, seeing our parking lot team outside... Uh, all bundled up, and I've given them the option the last few weeks of, hey, if you want to sit in cars and wave, it's freezing, and they're like, no, we got it, Pastor. We have a great First Impressions team, and I love them. Uh, I love them. But happy Valentine's Day. I was, I was reading just last night, Pastor Chad sent it to me, but they said today, 2021 Valentine's, uh, the projection was that we would spend 2188 billion dollars on Valentine's Day in 2021. Isn't that unbelievable? And unbelievable. They, they said that two billion will be spent on flowers. Two billion will be spent on chocolate. Where's my chocolate people at? Uh, love chocolate, dark chocolate, just in case you're wondering. Uh, $4.1 billion will be spent on jewelry. $4.1 billion, Britt, spent on jewelry. Uh, it reminded me of the joke about the guy who bought his, his wife uh, a diamond ring. And when he gave it to her, she was like, babe, told you I wanted a Jeep. And he said, where am I going to find a fake Jeep? Uh, that's, not, that's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> that's, that's not funny. But happy Valentine's Day, everybody. What's the difference between a $20 steak and a $50 steak? February 14th. Um, <laughs> I heard the joke about uh, the wife who asked her husband, uh, she said, why don't, why don't you treat me like you did when we were first dating? And he thought for a moment, uh, then made plans. He, he took her to dinner and a movie and then dropped her off at her parents' house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one. Heard the joke about the husband who was standing in front of the bathroom mirror one evening, and, and he posed the question to his wife of 30 years, will you still love me when I'm old and adding weight and balding? And she answered, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm believing today that God is really going to speak to us, those in the room, those that are joining us online today. We're wrapping up our, our what has become a series, the middle. It really started as just one morning prayer thought. And then turned into several weeks. Today is the finale uh, of what we've been talking about, the middle. I've, I've had so many people, whether it's turning in your prayer cards, 
or people that just one-on-one has messaged me or crossed paths and shared with me how God has really spoke to you about the middle in your life and some things that in 2021 you're stepping out of and stepping into, believing God for. Today in the finale, we have some of our pastors and, and our team that's going to be sharing with us. So they're coming to the stage now. Would you just welcome them as they come to the stage? They're going to be sharing today with us. I want to read a couple of scriptures uh, in opening uh, in the opening of our message today that will be the foundation for what the team is going to share from today. So we talk about the middle. Joshua chapter number 3 verse 17 says, The priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle. Everyone say the middle. They stopped in the middle of the Jordan. They stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation, I love this, until the whole nation had completed the crossing. Judge McKinley, it's not like they made a beeline, like I got to get to the other side. I love that they were in it together. That's how I feel about story side. From the youngest to the oldest, we're in this thing together. Not about one or two or three of us getting through this season we're in. We're all going to get through it. Uh, And I love that about verse 17. Joshua chapter 4, the next chapter, verse number 3 says, And tell them to take up 12 stones from, here's the words again, from the middle. From right where the priests are standing, carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men and appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God, here's the words again, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number, the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you in the future, in the future when your children ask you just by a show of hands how many of you have children children on the way I know some of you are expecting how many have grandchildren maybe I know we have several families in the church foster care others that are in coaching you're responsible for children I love this verse and the explanation of the stones these stone stories when your children ask you What do these stones mean? Some of those things that Chance, our kids coordinator, was sharing earlier. When was the time God showed up? When you couldn't pay your bills and when you were down? And and, and you could just feel the Holy Spirit as Chance was sharing that. There are stone stories we all have in our lives. This, This verse says, when they ask you, what do these stones even mean? Tell them. Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones, here it is again, from the middle of the Jordan. According to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, the Lord had told Joshua, they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Final two verses, Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been, that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Verse 10, now the priests who carried the Ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. We have talked the last few weeks just just to lay a foundation for what you're going to hear today. 
We have talked the last few weeks about obedience. Obedience is a big thing in our lives. When we read these verses, we see really four layers or levels of obedience. Uh, we see God is going uh, to be talking to Moses, Moses to Joshua, Joshua to the people. You see these different levels of obedience. We've asked the question the last couple of weeks. We'll ask it again today. What is God asking me to do right now? We can't speak for five or 10 or 15 years ago, but what is God asking me to do right now? And we have had hundreds Hundreds of people at all three locations that have turned cards in or shared with us online the things that you are believing God to do in 2021, like right now. Thank you so much for being part of that. Our staff this week multiple times was praying over your prayer requests and cards. We're believing this is going to be a great year for God to move in your life. We just sang it. We've seen him move mountains. We believe he'll do it again. We really do believe that. Charles Finney said this, a revival... How many would like to see revival? A revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. What is God asking you to do right now? What is it in your life that you're saying, this is my year, this is my moment too? Many of you have checked boxes and filled in blanks and some of you have shared tears even in your prayer time with God. When you look at this Finney quote, it's a reminder that your personal revival, our story side revival could be hinging on someone that would say, I'm ready to obey. Whatever God asks me to do, that's what I want to do. And so today, as the team shares stone stories, I'm asking you to engage. I'm asking you to lean in. I'm asking you to say amen or wow or that's good or clap. There's something about when God's word is shared. You know, the Bible said that it takes his word and your faith. Matter of fact, scripture would tell us there's times the word of God profited nothing is what the Bible would tell us. It profited nothing because it wasn't mixed with faith. So in other words, when they share God's word today, when you mix it with your faith, when you engage, something powerful could happen today as they share uh, scripture. And so I'm so excited about uh, these verses of scripture that they're going to talk to you from today, how these stones were not only a sign, but these stones were going to tell a story. When your children ask you, when your children ask you, what does that mean that you're going to be able to share with them about the faithfulness of God? And so they're going to hand off one to the next to the next and share today. But one more time, would you let all of them know thank you for sharing today as Pastor Matt comes. Well, good morning, good morning. I'm honored to be here today. And before we get too far into today's message, I want to give honor where honor is due to our amazing Vision Pastors, Pastor Mike and Pastor Angel, can we give it up for them? None of this is possible without their faithfulness. So we are so excited that they've been called to this, this ministry and this work. So today I'm going to be talking about God's process. And Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So it was January 15th, 2018. Um, I was traveling full-time with a, as a music director with my friend um, for his ministry, and he had accepted a position uh, down at a church in the south there. And so basically, I was going to go from full-time to part-time. My wife was a part of the ministry as well as, as a part-time admin, and so she actually, they, her position wasn't needed anymore in this season. So no bad blood, no issues, but it was just the time. It was a season. It was a process. So uh, basically, what I was looking at was within 90 days, I was going to be losing half of our income. Um, but God was in the middle of the process, amen? So some of our closest friends were moving away. 
I'm, I'm seeing half of our income in potentially 90 days, and so I needed somebody to talk to. You ever do that before where you're like, I need somebody outside of the situation with a fresh set of eyes, fresh set of ears to, to share and speak some word. And so I have this awesome, amazing, crazy friend who's a pastor named Pastor Chuck Balsamo. He's in Stewart's Draft, Virginia. So I call him. I say, hey, Pastor Chuck, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'm facing. And he's very encouraging. He has a, a prophetic edge as well. And in the middle of this, he was actually prophesying, but it was, sounded just like conversation. So I tell him, hey, I'm losing half my income in 90 days. And he goes, Matt, this is the perfect disruption. I was like, did you hear what I said? Like half my income's going to be gone in 90 days, mortgage, wife and kids. Did you get any of that? And then he like doesn't even acknowledge my fear. And he says without missing a beat, he goes, now listen, he's like, it's important that you, you know, don't take a step down. You don't take a step to the side or a lateral move, but you take a step up. And I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't know if you missed the part about me losing half of my income in 90 days. Well, what was so interesting about that was that was prophetic. That's exactly what happened here in the story as well. So, um, so at that point, I felt like I would have taken anything at that time. I'm like, I'll go anywhere and work. I just got to get this money back. So my birthday was January 17th. And uh, I just turned 38 at that time. And so Desiree bought me, she's super thoughtful. If you know Desiree, you know how thoughtful she is with gifts as well. And so she bought me all of these travel gifts, like for traveling on the road, like toiletry bag and these little spritzer things so I don't get tased by TSA and all these things. And so, but it just reminded me of like, oh, I'm not traveling as much anymore. Oh, that's sad. And, uh, and then the cherry on top was she's like, I got you this special shampoo. It's for thinning hair. I was like, oh, Excellent. So my friends are leaving, half my income's gone, and I'm thinning. So the sleepless nights, worrying about these things, what's going on, but guess what, guys? God was in the middle of the process. I, I couldn't see it yet. I just was like, Lord, what are you doing? So with the ministry that I traveled with currently and then before, we would, we would fly different places at times. We'd go to Florida, California, different places. And uh, it was interesting because we had a ministry trip coming up. It was a few months out. It was January 18th. And it's, uh, it was coming up, and all I knew was it was a 45-minute drive date. And my wife and I and kids were living in Delaware, Ohio at the time. And so I'm like, okay, cool, drive date, easy breezy, 45 minutes, it's awesome. Well, that church, this is what I knew about the church. church was called Storyside. The pastor was Canadian, and he looked exactly like the guy from Fast and Loud. If we have a photo. Yeah, there he is. Scary. I asked Pastor Mike, I'm like, is it okay if I share that picture? He goes, go for it. So don't be yelling fast and loud at him when you see him in Kroger. Let's keep honor up, honor down, all around. So Thursday, we get there. It's our first service Thursday. And I start to see the, just the honor culture. And I'm like, what is happening here? This is really interesting. And they were just the way the staff was, the way the pastors carried themselves. And I was so impressed. And having the opportunity to travel a lot of different churches, I was like, this is amazing. And I remember there was this young man that was so helpful and attentive and he wore a, um, a short sleeve shirt. I think it was purple. He had a tie on. His name was Rick Fisher, right down here. Rick Fisher actually is wearing purple today, which helps my illustration. But Rick was so respectful and helpful, and he's got a fresh Starbucks for me. And I'm like, well, praise the Lord. Thanks, Rick. And uh, he was just amazing. So I'm, I'm catching all this culture. So in the middle of all that we had been looking for, we'd been looking for a home church for about a year, year and a half. And we we're attending a church. We weren't exactly planning, though. And I thought, wow, this is great. So it checks that box of like, okay, God. We were looking for a church, but still need the, you know, half the income is going to be gone in 90 days, if you remembered. Um, so it checked one box. So, but what's, here's what's even more amazing. So January 18th, just before I came to StorySide with my friend, um, 
Desiree and I wrote a, a note. I don't know if we have that letter up on the graphic on the screen, but it was a, a, just a note of like predictions and things we wanted for 2018 for the NEFs. And what's amazing is God was once again in the process. Every single thing that we wanted was in this church, and then actually more and more than we expected. So we have this list. We were specific. So it was amazing because what I thought was just a ministry day, we're going to come in, meet some great people, help a church, and then leave. We actually never left. We've been here ever since then. So fast forward, January 25th, 2018, Pastor Micah says, would you like to come on staff? We said, yes, that would be amazing. Check that box. So we got so much more than we expected. So this morning, I just want to remind you today, I want to remind you that God is a God of process and that he's working in your relationship. And you're thinking, well, how does this, how does this apply to me, Matt? I've got problems or I've got, this is a great year, it's a bad year. Regardless, he's working behind the scenes. I'm sleeping, going to bed, worrying about things. He's like, just wait till January 18th. Just wait till January 18th. It's going to make sense. I'm working behind you. So he's orchestrating, he's connecting, and he's working behind the scenes for you in your situation today. Amen? Thank you. Amen. So I want to talk to you today. In the Old Testament, the Israelites knew just how important God's presence was. His presence was actually in the Ark of the Covenant. So what they would do is they would carry his presence with them where they went. So like Pastor Micah was saying, they carried God's presence with them in the middle of the Jordan. They carried God's presence with them before people and inside the temple. Where they went, they wanted to carry God's presence because they knew just how important his presence was. I'm so thankful that Jesus came so now we can have his presence with us everywhere that we go, and we don't need to physically carry it. So it's so amazing. As a mom, it can sometimes be hard to get quiet time. I don't know about you or your job or what you do at home, but it can sometimes be difficult to just get quiet. So at our home, sometimes what I like to do is I listen to praise and worship music while I do the dishes. So in the middle of doing the dishes, in the middle of the kitchen, I will be praising God, and it doesn't matter what anybody's doing. That's my time to have his presence with me. And I'm so thankful that when we need his presence the most, it's right there with us. In August of 2015, I lost my dad to a short illness. There were nights where I would get phone calls in the middle of the night, and my mom would be taking him to the hospital again. Those phone calls were hard. It was difficult. But I'm so thankful that God's presence was not only with my dad, not only with my mom, but God's presence was with me as well walking through that. My dad loved the Lord and would tell me multiple stories of God's presence with him in the middle of a hospital room, in the middle of those late nights when things didn't make sense and we didn't understand, God still showed up and God's presence was still with us. There were a handful of us around his bed uh, when he had just a few hours left here on earth. And you know what my dad asked for? He asked that we would sing him out of here. And so we sang, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in your wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We sang it over and over and over again. And the friends that were with us were like, okay, let's change it up. Let's sing another song. So we started singing another song. And you know what my dad said? He looked at him, he said, yeah, not that one. I don't want that song. And so we went back to Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, 
And that was the song that he went to his new home in heaven with. I'm so thankful that God's presence was with us at that moment, in that room, and it never, ever left us. After he passed away, it was a Sunday coming up, and I was scheduled for worship, and our pastor was so sweet and said, I love that you're here. That's so awesome. But if you don't want to be on stage, I totally get it. It's totally fine. And I said, thank you so much, but what I need is his presence right now. I need to be in the middle of God's presence. I need to show my kids that in the middle of his presence, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, that's where I need to be. I want to encourage you today that maybe a situation or something's going on in your life that you don't see the ending. You don't see what's happening or what's going on right now, but you can show your kids that you can stand on that front row and you can worship because God is in here. He's in this room and his presence is where we need to be. So sometimes we worship our way there and sometimes we praise our way there. Maybe when you're driving to and from work and you crank up the music and you're worshiping and praising him in the car. Maybe you're the type that goes to the gym and puts the AirPods in and listens to worship and praise music there. Or maybe you're the one we see at the stoplight and you're tapping on the steering wheel and praising him that way. And there is a room of your house where the acoustics is very good. So if you're by yourself and you like to sing there, that's awesome too. I know when the kids were little and we would have long days and we're just at home all the time, I would turn on praise and worship music and we'd put a DVD on and in the middle of the room, in the middle of our day, when everyone was ready to pull their hair out, we would just praise God. So some of you that maybe filled out these cards, like Pastor Micah was talking about, and you are believing God for these things, I want to encourage you to praise him. Praise him and thank him for his presence because we are believing with you that you're going to get what's checked on this box, that you're not going to have to wait for a long time till you discover your purpose, but that this can be the year that you see it and you're going to push through with praise and you are going to have God's presence in the middle. My name is Regina Powers, and I'm going to share with you this morning about God's provision. When my daughter was six years old, her dad left. And so for 17 years, I was a single mom. We desperately depended on God's provision, financially, emotionally, relationally, physically, every way possible, we, we depended on God to provide. We had a tree in our yard that was dead. And every storm that came, I would think, oh, no, that limb is going to fall, hit the wires, and I'm going to be the cause of people being without electricity for a while. So I called to get some estimates on it, and it was much more than we could afford. So I just filed it in a pile of things that aren't going to happen. My daughter and I went to a church conference, and while we were there, I felt impressed to give a certain amount of money. And I did so, and I had such peace knowing I had obeyed God. We get home, weeks pass, and I'm getting ready for work one morning, and I hear a knock on the door. There's a gentleman there from the electric company, and he said, ma'am, there's a tree out front that we need to take down. It's in the way of our wires. And I said, yeah, I know. And he said, we just need your permission to do it. And I said, okay, how much is it going to cost? And he said, it's not going to cost you anything. It's in our way. We're just not going to take the wood, but it needs to come down. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Um, Things that I had put in a pile of not going to happen, 
God provided. God is a provider. Uh, my daughter was in a church program when she was young and after her dad had left, and she needed a certain color dress. Well, I knew we only had so much that I could spend for that. So we went to look for this dress, and we searched all over in the mall for this dress, uh, the right color, the right style for her. We couldn't find anything, so we settled on this dress that was definitely not her style, and it was much more than I had allowed to, I had allotted to pay so we get the dress, and we're heading in the mall, and we just stopped. And I said, Michelle, let's pray, and let's ask God to help us find the right dress at the right price. So we stopped in the middle of the mall, and we prayed. We go back to the first store we had been to, and there, we, we'd already looked through these racks. There we saw a dress that wasn't there before, the right size, the right color, her style, and half of what the other dress was. God always provides. When I was a child, I was afraid of the dark and afraid to go to bed alone. I grew up in a, in a large family, so the chances of going to bed were really rare um, because I shared a room with my two sisters, my two older sisters. But if I had to go to bed before everyone else, this was my routine. I would look underneath the bed, then I'd get down to pray, then I'd look underneath the bed, just in case while my eyes were closed, something got underneath the bed. Then I would go to the door to turn off the light. I'd take a few steps. When I'm about five feet from the bed, I would jump into the bed just in case there was something under there that was going to grab my feet. So that was my routine if I ever had to go to bed by myself. I carried that fear into my adulthood, and I did, want, did not want to be alone at night. Well, when my first husband left... I was alone at night. It was probably a few nights had passed before I realized God had healed me of that fear. In all that turmoil, in all the chaos, God provided for my greatest fear. And I have never since been afraid to be alone, day or night. God provides. When my daughter was around 11 or 12, she was asked to play her first piano solo at church for a program. And she asked her dad if he would come. Well, he didn't show up. And I saw the disappointment on her face. And all of you as moms know that when your children are hurt, you hurt 10 times as much for them. So I was just, I was crying on the inside because I thought, oh, God, she wanted him to be here. At the close of that service, there were four young men about the age of her dad that came up to her and said, Michelle, we're so proud of you. You did such a good job. They hugged her and they loved her. God provided relationally and emotionally what she needed. We have found God to be faithful. Whatever it is that you need, God will provide. He is faithful. When my daughter is now 38 years old, and she will still say to me, Mom, tell me about the times that God provided. God is faithful. And when we will lean in on him and trust in him and ask him and trust that he is a provider, he will show up. What he's done for us, he'll do for all of you. I encourage you, no matter what you're facing, trust in God because he will provide.
Good morning, StorySide. How are we doing today? Wow, what a, what a testimony, Regina. God's a good, good father, but he's also a good, good provider. Amen? Uh, I just want to share with you guys today for the next few moments about God's protection. God's protection. I want to open today with the verse of scripture. It comes from uh, the 32nd Psalm, verse 7. Um, in this scripture, it's King David that's writing. He says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And so he's writing in this verse, he's saying, God, when I don't have anywhere to go, you're my hiding place. You will protect me. That's what I'm talking about today, protection. And you will surround me with songs of deliverance. This scripture is just, it's just one of the many scriptures in the Bible that communicate God's promise of protection over us as Christians. And I just want to share a little bit of my story today, um, a story of how God met me in the middle. God's protection showed up in a big way in my life when I was in a middle moment. And so what had happened, this isn't something that happened a really long time ago. It's actually something that happened very recently. Uh, the first week of November 2020, uh, I started experiencing symptoms of COVID-19. I got tested and I tested positive for the virus. And it was, it was a few days after the election, I got, I got the virus. I tried to fight it from home. Um, I figured, you know, I could just get, get through this at home. And then Little did I know that 12 days later, the virus would have just been in my system much, much worse um, than when it started. And I, I just remember progressively getting worse. My temperature peaked to, I think, 103.6 degrees. Uh, my breathing was just getting more and more complicated. Uh, the body pain and the body aches I was experiencing was so excruciating to the point where I decided to go ahead and go to the hospital and get checked out. And so I went to the hospital, got admitted to the hospital uh, they put some breathing tubes in my nose. I got some oxygen, and, and they ran a ton of tests on me the first day I was there. And I thought I was just staying overnight. You know, it was just, I'd go home the next day. But little did I know, I'd end up staying there for a total of nine days. Uh, the first night that I was in the hospital, in the middle of the night, the doctor woke me up. And he, he had explained to me that my oxygen uh, was dropping to very dangerous levels. It got to the mid-70s. Um, and they took me straight to ICU in the middle of the night, the first night I was there. Um, I ended up spending four days in ICU. They ran tests over me. Um, I ended up getting blood plasma. I got um, an ultrasound on my leg. I ended up getting a blood clot from COVID. Had to do a ton of breathing uh, treatments through all of that. But I just remember every morning uh, in the hospital, I would just wake up. I would get on my phone. I'd go to my worship playlist. And I'd play this song called Waymaker. If you know anything about the song, it goes like this. It says, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And, and towards the end of the song, it goes on to say, as Pastor Desiree mentioned, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. God, you never stop working. And that was just where God met me in the middle. I was in the middle of a mess. My health wasn't doing so well. But God's protection, God's healing met me in the middle of a mess. And I just remember um, not being able to see any friends or not being able to see any family while I was in there, but uh, my phone was just blowing up. I had tons of uh, texts and messages on Facebook, just people just messaging me saying, hey, we're praying for you. We're believing for you. And I am so, so grateful to be a part of a church that believes in the power of prayer. When we call on the name of Jesus, he hears us. It gets God's attention. And, and God got me through it. I didn't see it in the middle, but God got me through it. And I think a lot of times we pray, we say, God, make it go away. 
Make it go away. But he doesn't always make it go away. But I promise you, every time, God will make a way. He will get you through it. If he puts you to it, he will get you through it. He's not always going to deliver you from the situation, but he will always see you through to the other side. He will always protect you along the way. That's just the God we serve. He's a way maker. That's in his DNA. God can take situations that aren't good, and he can work them out for the good. He can take situations he didn't send, and he can work them out for your favor. I'm a living testimony today of God's protection. And I just want to share a scripture in closing today. It's from Psalm 91, verses 14 through 16. It says this, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And this scripture is saying, God's like, because you love me, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to answer you when you call on me. I'm going to deliver you from trouble and protect you and be with you every step of the way. In closing today, church, I just want to submit to you that in the middle, God will protect you, he will direct you, and he will sustain you. Love you, Storyside. I always said if Eminem got saved, he could change the world. But forget Eminem, Eli got saved, and he's up here spitting rhymes, and he's about to change the world. It's been so good already here today, and I just want to take a few moments to speak into uh, maybe a situation that you could be walking through right now. There's a scripture that none of us want to get familiar with, but it's always going to cross our path, and that is, in this world, you will have trouble. And so over my eight plus years in pastoral ministry, I've had an opportunity to walk next to people, walking through their deepest and darkest tragedies and situations and problems. And every single time, I would come to them and I would just declare God's promises over their life. And I would say, listen, God is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. I would look straight at him and say, he is going to give you peace. I know you can't see it, but he is going to give it to you. And I would declare these things, and I held on to these promises in my life. And so the summer of 2016, this season of my life was probably one of the most incredible times. Like everything was just clicking. We had bought a new house. We had prayed for children for four years. We were thinking it was impossible, but God had blessed at this time with two children. One was one, one was two. My mom, she moved next door. I always had a dream that I would buy some land and that, you know, my family would be there with me. And so my mom, she moved in right next door and it was so cool because our kids were young. She stepped away from her job at Riverside Hospital. She was taking care of our kids during the day. I mean, everything was incredible. Then on January 2nd, 2016, my mom got a headache and, uh, you know, everybody gets headaches, but this one started to seem to progress a little bit. And uh, so her husband took her to the hospital. And uh, it was maybe 6 or 7 o'clock, no big deal. I'm thinking, wow, she, she's got a migraine. You know, she was, she was struggling. I thought, they'll give her some medicine, she'll be home. No big deal. 2 a.m., I get a phone call from her husband, and he says that she's had a hemorrhage and a brain stem. And now she's the picture of health, full of joy in life. And so I'm trying to grasp, how did we go from headache to hemorrhage? 
And what I didn't know at that time is I would never have a conversation with my mom again. She would be sedated and unconscious for the next seven days. And in an instant, my world began to crumble. As a pastor, you got to keep it all together. And she was my hero. Her and my dad had a troubled relationship early on, so at five he took me, or she took me, to make a better way. And I won't get into the details, but it was pretty rough and the things that she experienced in her life. So we were a team, and we did it together. She worked days, went to school at night to make a better way, and she did that. And my worst nightmare was coming true. What would happen if I ever lost my mom, the one in my corner? And so I now I find myself in the middle. And it was a Saturday morning in my church at the time. We had a Saturday service. And so I called him. I said, I got to come in. I got to pray. And I got to be there for the run through. I need to worship. And so I think we have a picture of this moment. And if you just saw that picture on Facebook, you would think, there's a guy celebrating Jesus, and he's in victory, and look at this, but you don't know the context behind it. I was asking God to please save my mom, and I knew he could, and I believed he would, but even if he didn't, in that moment, I was working out my faith. I said, if you won't save her, God, you need to save my faith, because this is a tragedy that could very well steal it, and I knew it, and I asked him in that moment, please protect my mind, Give me this peace that you talk about, that I have declared over so many people over the years. But until you walk it, it's one thing to know scripture and to declare it over people. When it invades your space, now is it real or is it fake? And he swept over me with so much peace and love that I truly could not comprehend it. And the words from the scriptures went from on the words to pages to in my heart to the Holy Spirit doing exactly what the Holy Spirit said he would do. The next six days, I'm not going to lie, they were tough. And I was fighting these battles, but I knew deep inside it was over. But I was still going to fight them. And in the hospital, there was people and other people, stroke patients and this. God gave me strength in the moment. I'm declaring and believing for them. And my goodness, people were getting up out of the bed and they were getting healed. But I knew in the back of my mind it wasn't going to happen in my situation. July 9th. That's the day that the enemy haunted me with for years before I would lay my head on my pillow and go to sleep. Someday you won't have your mom, and someday you'll be alone. Well, this day came, but what I didn't realize is I would never be alone, because the Holy Spirit replaces all things. We went, to hus- we went to church for years with her husband, and every single time they would say, would you give your life to Jesus today? I would always kind of turn and look and see if he would raise his hand or if there would be a tear that would hit the floor. And it never happened. Around 3 a.m., I cleared the room because we knew it was getting close. And I looked at her husband and I said, I think she's waiting to hear you make a commitment to Jesus. And he looked straight at me and he said, I think you're right. And I want to give my life to him. And he began to cry. So I grabbed his hand and we prayed. And God began to redeem a moment 
And the angels were rejoicing. God carried me through the middle of my mess. And he will do the same for you. He will never leave you because he never left me. He will not forsake you. He did not forsake me. He will give you the peace that he talks about. If you're here today and you're going through those situations, press in. I want to show you one final picture. This is a picture of my mom and Julia, our firstborn. They both have blue eyes. I don't have blue eyes. My wife doesn't have blue eyes. <laughs> I actually joke sometimes people say to my wife, is, is she yours? Is she adopted? My wife's got dark hair. God gave us a reminder in Julia. They were best of friends, that Julia and my mom. And Julia has the joy and the love. And he gave me those eyes to look into to remember that my mom was there with me, and I will never forget. And so story side, I encourage you today, get those promises in your spirit. He is faithful, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Thank you, guys. Wow, I feel God's presence today. And we stand all over the room. I want us to pray. Paul, when I read that verse the other day, when your children ask you, tell them. When your children ask you, tell them. Craig, when your children ask you, tell them. Nathaniel, when your children ask you. Josie, if we just went person to person. Chelsea, just finding out you got your second baby girl on the way. When your children ask you, tell them. Tell, tell them about praying in the middle of the mall. I was wiping tears, Regina. That's so powerful. Tell them we prayed in the middle of the mall and went back to the same store and there it was. T tell them I was in the hospital in the middle of a dark moment and he didn't leave me. Tell them nine days in ICU and 103. Tell them. Story side, tell them. Tell them about God's love. Tell them about God's faithfulness. You know, we're celebrating Valentine's Day today. And we hear all these numbers and, you know, statistics and studies. But there's no love that rivals John 3.16 kind of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. Gave his only begotten son. When you hear these stories today, you know, when I was growing up, they, they would call them testimonies. Testimonies. It's when you talk about God's faithfulness. You talk about God's goodness. I hope some of you today, as you've listened, I hope you've been reminded of times in your life, you maybe you're not carrying around a stone like they were here with the Jordan. Like, what does this rock mean? If you don't have a stone today, but you do have a story. And you could think about all of the stone stories in your life where God has been faithful to you been faithful to you. And so today as we pray, I hope there's a heart of gratitude. I know it's not Thanksgiving. I know it's Valentine's Day. But I hope just even a spirit of Thanksgiving would come over you as we pray. And you thank God for all of the times when you were in the middle and the enemy was telling you you're going to be alone or you are alone. But like Pastor Clint said, God reminded you, I will never leave you. 
and I will never forsake you. For someone else today, maybe you need, you need God's faithfulness right now in your life. And whether that's experiencing his love or his forgiveness, maybe you have sin or shame and you're like, God, I need, I need forgiveness today. Valentine's gifts, the greatest gift I could get would be the gift of salvation. He will hear your prayer right now. He will forgive you. You could leave differently than you came. Maybe today in this holy moment, you're in the middle. And so here's what I've learned in 31 years of ministry or pastoring. People will often tell me, Pastor Micah, when I get through this, I will. Or when this is over, I will. That's not what we read in those scriptures. It, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't Aaron Shira, when this is over, I'll get a rock. No, you start gathering stones in the middle. You start right in the middle, like this God's gonna make a way. When I get to the other side, God's going to. Maybe today that's what you need to determine and decide. You're gonna stop waiting to praise or give him thanks when it's over. You're going to do it right now on February the 14th in the middle. In the middle. You're going to say, I'm going to trust God's track record. I'm going to trust God's track record. If he's done it before, I know that he's going to do it again. So let's pray today as you close your eyes. I really feel his Holy Spirit. I feel three or four times in the message I'm reaching over wiping tears and Feel his Holy Spirit right now, and I believe he's talking to you today. If you can think of a stone story, you can think of something that you're thankful for right now, just with eyes closed, would you tell him thank you? Would you tell him thank you today? If you can think of a time in your life where he showed up, maybe it wasn't the middle of the mall, but you can think of a time he showed up for you. Maybe it wasn't in that hospital room, but you could think of a time he showed up for you. Would you tell him thank you right now? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe it wasn't getting half of your income cut and what am I going to do next, but you could remember times in your life where it seemed like it was falling apart and God said, I'll keep it together. Would you tell him thank you, Jesus? I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as you're thanking him, why don't you think of right now today what you need, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's for him to make a way, whether it's for him to save a family member. What do you need right now from God? And as we trust this track record, will you just declare in your own life, I know I've seen you move two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, but today on February 14th, I believe, I believe you're going to do it again. Is there anyone today, even with eyes closed, you would just say, I need a miracle today. Would you raise your hand if that's you? I need an answered prayer, God. Hands are going up all over the room. I need you to move again. I need you to touch my family. I need you to touch my son or daughter. I need you to touch my business. I need you to touch me. Hands are still going up. I declare today. I declare stone stories. I declare appreciation and celebration today. Thanksgiving in this room that what you have done before, you will do again. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We sing it out to you. I've seen you move, God. I've seen you move, and I believe that you will do it. Come on, Story Side. He'll do it again. Trust God's track record today. Let's sing it out to him. Can we just declare these prayers in Jesus' name?